The journey we're taking is the journey within you. Everybody has their own story and their own journey to share. Every journey conceals another journey within its lines, the past not taken and the forgotten angle. The journey within you, where you will listen to stories from others sharing their triumphs and struggles that led them to where they are today. Welcome to The Journey Within You. Today, I have a special guest, Amber Kidd. And Amber, I think we have met through a beautiful, wonderful company that we both belong to. And, um, and just the community through that company is just amazing. Um, you build lifelong friendships. But there was something that was, I was drawn to, and I, I know that we're sisters in Christ. And just yeah. seeing your story and your presence on um, social media is a light. And so I thought, I need to have her come on and share her story. And so, Amber, share your story. So, um, like she said, thank you for that introduction. Um, my name is Amber Kidd. I am a daughter of the highest king, and I'm a faithful believer in Jesus Christ, Amen. who is in recovery for um, opioid drugs. Mm. And I was born and raised in West Virginia. Um, everything in my family was pretty good. We had a whole lot of love. Um, but it, at nine years old, I found out uh, something that I didn't know. And um, my family had a family secret. Mm. And the secret was uh, was me. And so... Um, like I said, everything was good up until this point. My mom always kept me in church. She um, was a faithful believer in Jesus Christ herself and still is. And she just raised me up in church all the time. And then, you know, um, circumstances fell and my, da my dad wanted visitation. And so these visits, they wasn't introduced gradually mm -hmm. at all, like, Literally, he picked me up on a Friday. I met him on Friday, and he didn't bring me back until Sunday. Mm. So um, at this time in my life, everything was chaotic, and I was nine years old. Mm. So you can only imagine the the drama and the, and the traumatic experience around these visits. Right. Um, it, it was very scary. I was around strangers really that I didn't know, but they were my family. Mm. So I had, you know, I had a grandmother, grandpa, brother, sister, a stepmom, all that I didn't know about until I was nine years old. Mm. And then, you know, time went on and as a kid, we all seem to adjust, you know, mm -hmm. kids are very, you know, they Resilient. just adjust. You yeah. Just, yeah. And you just adjust. Um, and skipping through to my teenage years, I was still very active in church. My mom made me go when the doors were open. Um, and, you know, I was really active in the church youth group, but there was still a whole lot missing. Um, my mom really tried to keep me on focus with Jesus. And no matter how hard she tried, I just, it was just not happening. Mm. And so, um, my, my business with my dad were really fun. Um, he allowed me to do, you know, pretty much whatever I wanted with mm -hmm. no discipline. And I had a mom who was very strict. And so 
um, you know, which house do you think would be more attractive to a Mm -hmm. 16-year-old? I would really begin to resent my mom. I really started, I really hated her. I mean, it was a deep hate. And um, see, I didn't know really who my dad was other than he was my dad. Yeah. And to a little girl, you know, your dad is your everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just how God made us. It's just how we were built. Mm -hmm. And so I yearned for my dad all the time. I wanted to go live with him. I turned 17. My mom knew that she couldn't stop me if that's something that I wanted to do. The courts would have allowed it. Yeah. And so um, I ended up moving in with my dad and everything I thought was really great. You know, was going to have a lot of time with him. And it's just, um, it's just one of those things. I ended up being sexually attacked at the age of 17 Mm. and by a close family member, not my dad, but, um, you know, it was a close family member and I had no idea how that one incident would turn my life upside down Mm. and how much pain I would have to overcome in the next few years. It, it was just unbearable. Mm. So, um, I would soon graduate from high school and I found a life of partying and Mm. I had multiple boyfriends. I drank a lot. I was desperately drowning in pain Mm. and bitterness. Mm -hmm. I would literally live on whoever's couch I could find at the end of the night. I was virtually homeless. Mm. Um, I never wanted to go back to my mom's. Like I said, I was, I just hated her. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I would land these jobs like retail and different jobs, but none of them could I ever make enough money to keep up with the party mm-hmm. and pay the bills. Like mm-hmm. it, it was never enough money. Um, and then I was introduced to a new way of making money. Um, I got in with this crowd and the one of the girls was like, hey, there's a new gentleman's club in the area and you would be really good at it and you make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so I went there one night with her and, you know, they preyed on girls like me. Oh yeah. They preyed on young girls just like me. Yeah. And I was literally hired right on the spot wow. and started that night. Um, this would, you know, helped me make a lot of money and I thought to myself hey this is legal so there ain't a darn thing wrong with it are you 18 at that time I am Mm -hmm. I was 18 Mm -hmm. I was living on my own I was able to get a house I was able to pay the bills I had a lot of money Mm -hmm. I mean I made a lot of money Mm -hmm. and um the drinking eventually led me to drugs um occasionally I smoked pot but that wasn't even enough. No. Soon I found myself doing whatever I could just find. You know, um, I, I did crystal meth, you know, just whatever I could find. I could no longer bury my hurt and pain, my bit, my bitterness with alcohol or pot. I was in a, in a stage in life where I wanted to be numb. Mm. I wanted to be numb all, all the time. time. All the time. And so... Um, 
you know, as a kid um, and growing up with the, with the attack and all the things, no one took up for me. Mm. And I just felt alone. Mm -hmm. And so the new job where everybody had to pay attention to me was addictive to me. Mm -hmm. And um, finally it was, you know, I was the center of attention and it was the wrong kind of attention. Oh yeah. Um, I would try to keep this job under wraps, but you know, word gets out in a small town. And Mm -hmm. so, Everybody was talking about me in the small town and, you know, I could, when I would go and visit my mom, if I, if I went to the gas station to get gas, I could feel the people staring at me and talking about me behind my back. And it just really does something to you Mm -hmm. when you know, yes, when you know that the whole, your whole world is feels like it's against you mm-hmm. um it's it really it's really detrimental i eventually would move from town to town going to different clubs to make even more money um i've worked in i don't i can't tell you how many states i mm-hmm. worked in moving around mm-hmm. to the different clubs um i got hooked in with yet another crowd and um I I was what you call a feature, and so that just means you have one one person that's the boss, and they just send ten or fifteen girls all the way, or you know, like just all to different clubs, mm-hmm. all over. And so wherever they were needing girls, that's where you went. And if people think that this isn't a form of sex of, of um, sex trafficking. They are completely wrong, oh, and they're yes. just, and you're really blindsided mm-hmm. if you think it's not. Mm. Um, because I really feel now, and I really know now, looking back, that I was a victim of that. They have full control and of you. Yes, yes, and you know, uh, even though I was the one that got to collect the money, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and all of that, it was still controlled by someone else. Mm-hmm. And and my moves of where I was going, that was controlled by somebody else mm-hmm. and not of my own choice. Um, I, I eventually met a man in my hometown. Um, he was Mayor, or he had been married, but divorced. He mm-hmm. had two kids already. And, um, you know, we hit it off, and I ended up having a, a baby with him. And then shortly after, we got married. Um, and no matter what I did, I was never content. Right. And, you know, my my thing was, once I had a child, my whole world changed. Mm. And I had somebody I had to look after. I had a responsibility, and I knew that. Mm-hmm. But I just kept convincing myself that everything I was doing was for them. And so, um, anyways, the the divorce ended in uh, in a messy in a messy messy way. Mm-hmm. Um, he we fought all the time, and he 
was very controlling. And, you know, um, it, it just ended very messy. And then um, I, I kept trying to fill this void mm-hmm. and could never fill it. Mm-hmm. And then I would leave, I left my home. I took my two kids with me. And I, you know, I would try to straighten up and do right. And it was, I could never make enough money. Mm-hmm. It was, there was never a time in my life where I felt like I was good at anything mm-hmm. except for the dancing. Mm. I just was made a program to believe that that was the only thing I was ever going to be good at. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I went after my divorce, I went back to dancing and I would put myself back on top again. I took my, got a small house, got a car was able to take the babies on two vacations. Um, and I really didn't believe with all of my heart that there was anything wrong with right. the middle of the night because my, you know, I, I would be drunk and, and things, but my kids never knew because they were asleep. And I took very good care of them. Mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. provided for them, loved them, cherished them. So I just thought in my mind that, if I can continue to provide for them and do the things that we're doing now, we're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. And there ain't nothing. No one could tell me that there was anything wrong with it. Right. Um, and then I would meet yet another guy. Mm-hmm. And so this guy was amazing. He was dressed nice. He was like anything I had ever, any, anybody in my life, you know, it was just relationships were hard and mm-hmm. they were different for me. But mm-hmm. there was something special about this guy. But the problem was he would see me when he came to town. And then I wouldn't really hear from him until hmm. he came back mm-hmm. to town. Mm-hmm. And so I, w- I started feeling like that family secret again. Mm. And like that there was something wrong with me, right. why he wouldn't commit. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just so messed up. I, my life is chaotic and messy, and there's just no way that somebody that good would have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. And so I began to put up walls. I started seeing other people, uh, and, and life just started to spiral again. And, and then you know, I, um, I I started thinking to myself, you know, this is all I'm ever going to be. Mm. I'm going, I'm going to be this lonely mom who is busting butt trying to make it for her babies. And that's all I'm ever going to be. How old were you at um, that time? I was 20, about 25, 26 mm-hmm. at this time. Mm-hmm. And I was what in the world that I was living in, I was a veteran, mm. believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, the girl, they wanted young, oh, yeah. young girls. Yep. And so um, I became what they call a veteran of, <laughs> of the industry, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. And um, I thought, you know, I'm just going to do this job until people tell me I'm old and ugly and I just literally can't do it anymore. Right. I mean... And then I'll figure it out. Yeah. But um, 
I would soon meet another guy, and um, he was, you know, he was good to my kids. But one thing that attracted me to him is the partying. I mean, he mm. loved to party. Mm. And he would introduce me to my greatest addiction, and that's prescription drugs. Mm. And at the time, I thought, you know, this is pretty awesome because I can just go to the doctor and they literally just write me whatever exactly. I want. And yeah. I, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a legal way of getting high. Mm-hmm. So this is amazing. I If I got pulled over, I didn't have to worry about hiding them because I had a prescription for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, I mean, I just thought, wow, like, finally, somebody came up with a solution. Mm. And um, our relationship, though, became more like a fight over who was getting the next high. Mm. Sometimes it got physical. And I'm just here to tell you, I was in a real dark place. And I really was at the time thinking, I cannot take much more of this. Mm. I tried to stop taking the drugs on my own. I would do good for a little while, but then you know, it's just the too kids easy. would come home and mm-hmm. yeah, it, it wasn't easy. I mean, you would have these awful withdrawals and be sick. And I had a job at a woman's clothing store at this time. I stopped the guy that I was seeing at that time. The one thing that he did hate was me going into the club. He mm. hated that. Mm. And so he was like, you're not doing that anymore. And if there was anything good that came out of that relationship, it was him doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know he was a very jealous person, but, you know, that did ultimately stop me from going into the clubs anymore and and literally trying to find a new way of, of making money. Mm-hmm. So I went, got this job at the woman's clothing store. Everybody loved me there. I was really good at it. I promoted very quickly. I was a a store manager. Um, And then one day out of nowhere, the guy from Virginia came looking for me. It was like a year and a half later. And, you know, it still amazes me to this day. Mm. The people that God puts in your life Mm -hmm. at these exact moments when you feel expected. Amen. So in the store where I was working walked this handsome man and I really thought that my heart would just give a beat. Mm. I kept thinking to myself, what is he doing in here? I mean, he's got to be looking for me because this is definitely a woman's clothing Mm -hmm. store. So Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I didn't think that he could be in there for any other reason but me. And, um, I'm just so, it tickles me to tell the story because, at that moment, I wasn't even mad at him anymore. And it was like all those walls that I built mm-hmm. had just came crumbling down. Yep. Um, I met him later for dinner and, and we talked for hours. I would have to literally sneak to see him. Um, I, I started lying to the guy that I was living with and, and snuck around to see him. And he had invited me on this trip that he was taking to Smith Mountain Lake, which is literally one of my favorite places on earth mm-hmm. and uh, the whole week felt like a dream he introduced me to his mom I was so happy and just on that cloud nine that I wasn't a secret anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she was 
a really awesome lady, very laid back. She was a Christian lady. And I had not been back to church since I left home, and I didn't want anybody to mention the word God to me. Mm. Um, I was real mad at God, and I blamed him for everything bad that happened because my mm-hmm. whole life I had been programmed that if you prayed and you believed in God, that he would protect his people. Right. And I believe that there's, you know, God could have stopped everything that happened to me. Up until this point, he mm-hmm. could have prevented everything that happened, and I just believed that. Mm-hmm. And so I was mad that he didn't do that for me. And so I kept thinking, well, maybe he just don't like me. He don't love me. I'm I'm messy. I'm ugly. I'm dirty. And and there's just no way that God would want anything to do with me. But but Nancy, she really said something to me the first time I met her. We were sitting around a car a table and we were all playing cards. We were playing rummy, and I was talking about the past and how I feel like I continually live in my past and mm-hmm. it just goes with me. It's a part of me that just follows me. Mm-hmm. And she said something to me in that moment that made me feel real different about her. She said it not about where you're where you've been it's about where you finish mm. Mm. and this made me think to myself when I went to bed that night I thought you know what just maybe she would eventually love me because at the time I really don't think she did mm. and so the week was ending I had to go home back to the messy chaotic life when I got home the fighting with the book with the boyfriend was extreme. I mean, it was just to the extreme. He was strung out. I was withdrawing and I couldn't take any more of it. I packed a bag and I got out of there. I had no idea what I was going to do next. And here I sit with two kids and no plan. And Mm -hmm. it scared the life out of me. A friend of mine said, why don't you just call the guy from Virginia? Just calling, and just what's the worst he can tell you? No, and so I called him and I told him the situation, and I was honest and I said, "Listen, I need a place to stay for a couple days, just for a couple days, because I'll figure this out. Mm -hmm. I've always been able to figure it out, even if I had to go back to a club. That's what I was prepared to do." Mm -hmm. So he left work that day, a twelve-hour shift, and drove a four-hour trip to West Mm -hmm. Virginia open arms and not one complaint and Mm. got me and I haven't been back since Um, it wasn't long I moved the kids we moved to Virginia and for once this wasn't a dream and maybe Nancy was right maybe it didn't matter where I had been and maybe my past didn't have to follow me Mm -hmm. I could finish well Mm well well you know, Jared and I, we were perfect. We were really perfect in the beginning, but it's true definition of the honeymoon phase. I mean, we never fought. He never raised his voice. He was a dream guy, mm. but we would soon get really comfortable. It, it didn't take long for us to get comfortable with each other. We would have minor problems. We would fight, get over it. But what I was started to notice with us it was a pattern going on. Mm. And what we did is when we got mad at each other, we we wouldn't talk about it. 
to each other at all. Um, we didn't even know each other was mad. Mm. We held everything in until we took our first drink. And mm. then it was like an explosion. Mm. I mean, it was on. And so um, I still thought in my mind, though, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Even with the outburst, it's okay because I don't want to go home to West Virginia. I'm petrified that he's going to leave me and he's going to make me go home. And I don't want that. And right. so, so you'll just I accept just it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just swept everything under the rug, mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, so Jared worked out of town. His, his job then worked, he worked out of town for a company and he literally traveled 300 days out of the year. And, um, it made it hard to trust, mm-hmm. uh, to trust him. And, you know, I was worried that he was going to find somebody else out there on the road, that, you know, and, uh, and all the things just went through my mind. I told Nancy, I said, you know, I'm worried about this. And she said, well, let me tell you something. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I've been praying that my son would get a job close to home for years. And I do believe God's going to answer that prayer one day. Oh, wow. And... Um, I started to pray that too, just in case God Mm -hmm. was and it turns out that he was listening and he always listened. Mm -hmm. One day there is no explanation for this at all. It was, it was a beautiful, gorgeous day. It, we were planning a trip and we were getting ready. We were packing and all of a sudden this huge oak tree in our yard fell and it fell across the road. And it was so big, I, I was like, we can't leave until we get this up. Mm-hmm. There's just no way. So one of the neighbors that came over, and, and this is still, it still amazes me how God shows up. Because that neighbor was a, a manager at a power plant one mile from our house. Oh, wow. He tells Jared. The first time we ever meet him, hey, you know, they get to talking, sharing about what each other did for work. And he said, well, you know, we we might have a position coming open. Why don't you put a resume in? Hmm. So Jared did. And uh, months went by. And we thought, ain't nothing coming up of this because they hadn't called nothing. And so we didn't hear anything. So we thought, you know, the guy was blowing smoke. Yeah. Just trying to, you know, whatever. But um, Jared was leaving. He left for a work trip in Thailand. But before he left, he took this week vacation to spend with us before he went. Mm-hmm. And so during the week, it, it, it was literally Monday, they called, the power plant called and said, we need you to come in for an interview. Can you come Wednesday? And they were like, and Jared was like, sure, you know, I'll come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And while he was in Thailand, they called and offered him a position. Awesome. And so he put his two weeks notice in and came home and started a new job one mile from our house. Wow. Now, if that ain't ain't God showing Mm -hmm. up, yeah, if that isn't God showing up, I don't know what is. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just amazing. You know, I, I thought, gosh, everything is so good we we got pregnant we had a baby named riley he's still working at the power plant doing great Mm. he was moving up 
um, I mean, things were just so good that I began to think, when is something going to go wrong? Right, you're expecting. Mm-hmm. Yep, I was expecting a chaotic, trauma-filled something. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was, but I, I thought something bad's going to go wrong. Um, and, you know, I was, at this time, me and Jared, the life had got really busy. We focused on the kids. My son played ball, and so we were traveling. We were doing all the things. And um, uh, one evening, we ended up at this graduation party for a friend of ours. And this is where I I feel like this is a crossroads in my life Mm. because I met this woman named Jenny Faulkner. Um, She is an amazing Christian lady. Mm. We're sitting around a bonfire and I'm drinking, you know, everybody's kind of drinking. She wasn't, but I everybody's kind of drinking and talking and somehow in the conversation I was just literally I felt so comfortable mm-hmm. being around her I was just laying out my life to her and <laughs> I don't do that <laughs> I never had done that I was very secretive in everything that I had been through and I didn't want people in Virginia to know who, who I are. truly was mm. yeah because these are all strangers and they all think I'm great and here I know the real me. I know I'm, I, you know, in my mind, I felt lower than low, you know, mm-hmm. some of the earth. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I felt so comfortable just sitting next to this woman. It was like a peace that came over me. And she invited me to this really weird thing at her church called Celebrate Recovery. <laughs> I was like, okay, when she invited me to that, I was like, well, I don't know about this. And she said, no, 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 you will love it. Just come, just come one time. And it, and if you want me to come with you, I'll come with you. So I thought, wow, like somebody that actually cares mm-hmm. enough to say they'll go with me. Um, So I was like, all right. Well, literally that next week I went to that meeting and I creeped inside that church. I was prepared for it to cave in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hadn't been I hadn't been back to church in a very long time. I was still real mad at God. And so creeping into that church, I just thought this this ain't real. Like I something, you know, God's gonna strike me dead, you mm-hmm. know, because that's what everybody says. And um I'm happy to report that church didn't cave in and it's still standing today. <laughs> That's awesome. But that first meeting, yes. And after that first meeting, I was really unsure of what I had gotten myself into because yeah. at this stage in life, I was really good. You know, life was really good. Me and Jared were perfect. We had kids. We were busy. Everything was good. I continued to go to CR because if nothing else, it was church related. Mm. So it only added good to my good life. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that was it. And this is what we call in the addiction world, denial. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. You thought, okay, I've covered it up enough. We're good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I began to work through the steps. And I even went to this, what they call a step study. Mm. And I started to realize just how screwed up I really was. And that life wasn't that good. Mm. And you see, 
I had gotten my PhD in covering up the things that caused me pain. Mm-hmm. So uncovering them was hard. Insanely difficult. Mm. So what did I do? I ran from God in CR and I began to bury that pain again. Mm. I started drinking until I thought the pain was all gone. During this time, Jared and I would seldom fight. We had put all of our focus into the children, and that kept us busy. I even started a new job with State Farm, and life was getting back to being pretty good again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Until, remember, I said I was always waiting for that bad thing to happen? Well, it, it did. My grandmother passed away. She was this incredible Christian lady, a true definition of a problem. Mm-hmm. She attended Aldous and Broadus Bible College when it was an old woman's college. Oh. And by age 32, she had memorized the entire Bible. Bible. Wow. wow. We, I can remember being a kid and sitting around her table and she would ha- always had the Bible on the kitchen table. And I can remember we would flip the, flip the pages and just, Tester. Say one of the verses, mm-hmm. and she would repeat it back to me. I mean, just like that. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time with her as a kid. My mom worked three jobs. We were really poor. Um, and so she was literally like a second mom to me. Mm-hmm. After school, I would go to her house. And during this stage, when this happened, I was really sad. And mm-hmm. There was a lot of regret centered around her death. But one thing that I knew, and I really believe that CR, starting that before my grandmother passed, kept me from spiraling out of control. Um, I knew that I had to stay in control. So Mm -hmm. I would only drink and do drugs on the weekend. That was my way of being in control. Mm -hmm. I could never turn to God. I remember convincing myself that I was just too messed up and I was too far gone. He didn't want me. So I did what I did best. Mm -hmm. I buried it all. Mm -hmm. As time moved on, me and Jared, we built, we moved into a new house and we built this life. But we had a lot of problems. And I mean, we had a ton of problems. We... Jared, we were really at our wit's end with our relationship, and we came to a crossroads in this relationship where either we were going to get the help that we needed or we were going to go our separate way. And so I knew Jared was serious because he's the one that went and found a great Christian counselor. Wow. That's good. Now, when we first started going to this counselor, I was like, you know, this man does the weirdest thing. Before he started each session, he would pray over us. Mm. And in my mind, of course, I was like, ooh, God, no. Mm-mm. I don't like this praying. And so literally, I would go to the sessions and be like, could you not do this? And he would say, no, I'm, I, this, is, this is my session, and this is how we do it. Mm. And... um He would even encourage us to go to church and literally you just have to know everybody that knows this counselor in the area knows how blunt he is. And I really needed that in my life. And I really believe that's why God sent us there. Mm -hmm. Um, And he just told me, you know, you're not giving your kids an option. You are literally giving them one option and that's to be anti-Christ. That's what you're giving your kids. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And when he said that to me, all the the teaching and all the things that I learned throughout my childhood from being in church, I thought, he's right. Yeah. He's so right. I am I am sending my kids to hell, and it's going to be my fault. Mm. So I said to Jared one day, I said, you know what? I think it'd be a good idea if we went to church, but only for the kids. <laughs> I, I'm not going for me. I know what I, yeah. Like, I I already know. I don't want any part of, of God, so, but I definitely want my kids to have the option. Mm-hmm. So time kept moving. I was in a horrible accident in our new home. I was holding Riley in my arms and I um, slipped on our, we have a large staircase mm-hmm. and I fell about 10 steps down. Riley mm. was hurt the most. Um, she even had to have her teeth removed. Mm. And no one knew what this did to me mentally. I kept saying to myself, I could be a better mom. I mean, millions of scenarios went through my went through my mind after the accident and it was things like I could have protected her when we failed. Why didn't I turn my body a certain way? Right. right. Why, why was I wearing socks on this wooden staircase? Mm. What was I doing? What was I thinking? And I kept blaming myself because of it. Mm. During the fall, I was hurt too. Um, I didn't realize that my whole left side of my body was bruised right as soon as it happened because I was more concerned about taking care of Riley. But mm-hmm. afterwards, and all the mentalness that, you know, all the, the mental thoughts that kept running through my head, I then began to think, all right, I can go to the doctor. I'm bruised all up and down the side of my left body. They can see that I'm in pain, so they'll automatically write mm-hmm. me a subscription. Mm-hmm. And they did. Of course. It it wouldn't take long before I was drowning in addiction again. Mm. I would make up all these excuses like normal moms take pills. It's just what we it's just what they do to get mm-hmm. everything done. And I and you know, remember I had a PhD in hiding things. Mm-hmm. So as long as nobody knew what I was doing, I was good. Everything was good. Yep. One day, Jared caught me red-handed. We got in a huge fight. We were literally supposed to get married in like two months, and he called the whole wedding off. Mm. This broke every piece of my heart. He told me he was going to leave, and he would take all the children with him. Mm. I thought, I can't lose my kids. They are it for me. It's the only thing that's ever loved me back. And so this would this would be me hitting rock bottom. Mm. I would finally be forced to begin to peel back the many layers of years and of years and of pain and suffering. Mm. That was seven years ago. Mm. I started attending Celebrate Recovery regularly at New Life Church in Louisa County. I started taking my whole family to Antioch Baptist Church. And I remember one of the very first churches. <laughs> it, was the, it was the service that was meant for me. Mm. I'm telling you, the people were really nice and they looked really happy. The sermon that day, though, is what 
brought me back to God. Mm. Dave preached a powerful message about baggage. The sermon was called The Living Word and the Chosen People. He talked about separating yourself from sin. If something is keeping you from God, then you better get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Then he asked, what baggage did you walk in here with today? Mm-hmm. He started picking up different bags. Each bag represented a different problem. He mm-hmm. picked up so many bags that he could barely walk, and he really looked a hot mess. I was literally sitting in my chair watching my life in front of me. Mm-hmm. Literally every bag that he picked up, one for addiction, one for alcoholism, one for loss of a loved one, one for divorce, you name it, it was all mine. Mm. He then began he began to quote scriptures about the different problems. One of those really stood out to me. And if you're around me long enough, I tend to make people memorize it. It's John eight thirty six. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Mm. And the baggage begins to fall. Mm. Oh, how God shows up. Oh, he does. Amen. If Dave only knew the baggage, that I walked in there with that day, mm-hmm. but God knew. He did. When Dave gave that altar call, I took myself who could barely walk with all of her bags to the altar, and one by one, they began to fall. Mm. Amen. And I am happy to tell you today that 2,571 days ago, I got high for the very last time. Mm. I began true recovery and a yes, long Jesus. journey that day. I continued to um, attend Celebrate Recovery in church regularly. I had a wonderful support group, the best ever. I got myself accountability partner and a sponsor. Oh, thank you, God, for showing up. Yes. God gave me some great Christian friends and great tools to become seven years sober. Um, in the first year, you know, I struggled with cravings. I kept praying for God to take them away, but they, oh, yeah. just, they just kept coming back. I had no idea how to get rid of them. And then I was pregnant with a fourth child. Oh. You see, God, God knew. God, already, yeah, mm-hmm. he already knew me, and he knew that I would never harm one of my babies, especially with the trauma that I had just experienced mm-hmm. with Riley. So there was no way I would use while I was pregnant, and the cravings began to go away. Mm. Sometimes I would still doubt God. And one morning I was telling one of the deacons in my church, Bruce Ward, um, you know, I just kept telling him, I don't know if I can do this. Mm. I wasn't meant to do this. I'm not meant to serve God. I'm not, I'm not meant to be a Christian. Mm. And I'm an addict. That's who I am. That's how you identify. And he said, he said to me, one of the most chilling things. He said, I want you to think about this every time you think about getting high. He said, this baby that you are carrying will never know who you are high. And when he said that to me, Mm. man, I tell you, it almost brought me to my knees. This baby will never know me high. Mm. Praise the Lord. Amen. So... I gave birth to this very sweet miracle boy. His name is Weston. Uh-huh. His birth was miraculous. His the cord was wrapped around his neck. And in order to get him out, they had to cut the cord before he could come out. Oh, goodness. 
yeah, so it was very traumatic, mm-hmm. scary, but mm-hmm. God showed up because <laughs> he was fine, very healthy, and I stopped doubting addiction. And God, the minute the nurse came in and asked me if I wanted pain meds and the first for the first time ever, I said no. Amen. If you would have told me seven years ago that my life would have taken this kind of turn, I would have laughed, maybe even fainted. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But God promises to make something good out of the storms that that brings devastation to your life. And I thank God every day for that unending love, Mm. for his forgiveness, and for giving this girl a real chance. An opportunity, yeah. The one thing that's had the biggest impact on my recovery is one word, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. What is the first thing we're asked to pray for? Forgiveness, forgiveness right? Mm-hmm. After accepting and receiving God's forgiveness and then extending it to those who hurt me, that's when I really see life change. Mm. Colossians 3.13 says that with this, bear with each other and forgive one another. If anyone has a grievance against you, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is the most courageous but necessary thing that we have to carry out. I love that word courageous. Yeah. And through God and my desire to change, God gave me the courage to Mm -hmm. carry this Mm -hmm. out. I'm so proud to say that we are now all members of Antioch Baptist Church. This past year, um, my whole family was pictured in the church directory. Mm. And that, in itself is a miracle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My kids are members of a youth group. My oldest son and two daughters have been saved and baptized. Mm. And the way I see it, I have three down and one go. Yeah. Mm, I, love <laughs> I it. first gave my life I first gave my life and godly testimony in February of two thousand nineteen. Since then I've given my testimony over fifty times. I continue to serve at my church by helping anyone in need that is struggling with addiction. In 2019, I became a member of the Women's Missionary Union of Virginia, UMWB, where I travel to many churches around the state with this lovely lady named Nona. We raise awareness about addiction and to tell churches that it's okay to talk about the heart. Yeah, yeah, amen. I prayed and prayed for God to send a recovery group just like the one I needed to my hometown. Mm -hmm. And he has. And on February 20th of this year, I was led there to speak and give my testimony. Oh, how precious, precious. Mm. My ultimate mission in sharing my testimony is to keep sharing these amazing things that God has done in my life. Mm Mm-hmm but ultimately to grow the kingdom of heaven Amen. and tell the addicts that you're not an addict. You're a daughter and son of the highest king. Yes. As for me and Jared, we finally got married and settled down. Uh-huh. On July 7th of 2018, I married the man of my dream. Our marriage isn't perfect by far, but we know it can't survive without the third strand. Mm. I thank God every day for sending me a man who taught me how to love unconditionally, who taught me about forgiveness, who keeps me safe. Mm. He is a man of his word. I didn't have much of an earthly father, but God gave me the best dad for my children. 
Mm. One of my proudest moments in our marriage is when we dedicated all four of our kids to the Lord. Oh, beautiful. With my marriage, I received a wonderful blessing, an incredible mother-in-law. This lady will never know the impact and influence she has had on my life. She has taught me many things, but most importantly, that with God first, I can finish You well. can finish well. I love that. I also have a great relationship now with my own mother. I thanked her, I don't know how many times, for taking me to church and giving me that solid foundation to come back to. Mm -hmm. If she had not done that, I may not be here today. Mm. I love her so much. And if any of the mamas are out there and are listening, take your babies to church. Mm. This next relationship took a lot of courage and forgiveness. And honestly, I believe it was God's proof to me that he still can perform miracles. Mm -hmm. My relationship with my biological father continues to grow. He even walked me down the aisle at our wedding. Mm -hmm. And since then, he has made regular visits to see me and my grandchildren, me and his grandchildren. We have wonderful Christmases together. He comes here and brings lots of presents and we get to see him play I get to see him and experience him play with his grandbabies. Mm. And that's something that I only dreamed of before. Right. Only God could have fixed our badly bruised and broken relationship so we could begin to love each other again. Yes. Yeah. I thank God for recovery, giving us these amazing tools to overcome hurts, habits, and hangups. And mostly I thank God for taking my mess and somehow turning it into a message. Mm. I once read something that made me really think, I don't know who the author is, but here it goes. If you don't heal what hurt you, you will bleed on people who didn't cut you. Mm. This, my friends, is very true. You see, life isn't easy on the addicted, but it's also very hard for those who love the addicted. But we have a hope and a promise from God that he will never leave us nor forsake us. There's never a problem too big or too small that God cannot handle. Amen. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. So I don't care what kind of mess you are today. Bring it to God. Mm. He always shows up. Thank you, God, for turning our pain into power and wounds into wisdom. Because I now know God has been here always, yesterday and forever. Mm. And this is where I like to tell a little bit about my plexus story. Um, it, it has a lot to do with my addiction, I do believe. Mm -hmm. um, I was diagnosed in 2016 with IBS. I definitely think that I've had IBS my entire life, but my addiction made it 10 times worse. Mm. Um, it really, I mean, if you look up prescription drugs, you see all the side oh, yeah. effects and one of them, mm -hmm. I mean, one of them is major constipation. Mm -hmm. And, um, that is something that I experienced my whole entire adult life. I mean, when I tell you that I had major constipation, it wasn't just like three or four days. Right. Right. I would literally only go to the bathroom once a month when I got my menstrual period. Mm. Literally. So, um, you know, I really thought, okay, this is just who I am. This is just normal. It's fine. Well, then, you know, I start becoming really sick. And I mean, every day sick. Mm. And, you know, I would go to the doctor. They would tell me, you're just, you're just full. 
and you need to empty out. And they would put me on, they put me on Miralax six Mm -hmm. times a day, Mm. six capsules a day, six times a day for life Mm. is pretty much what they told me I would be on that stuff for. And it was so gross and it did not work. Right. right. (laughs) And then, I mean, they gave me every medicine under the sun to try to, to get me going. 2019, I was leaving the Celebrate Recovery in my own church. And there was a woman in there who I now have become really great friends with. But she was in there and she was struggling with food. And she found this company called Plexa. Mm-hmm. And she really loved them and she was telling me about them. And so I knew some circumstances, though, in her life. And so I knew that her and her family were struggling financially. So my mind, my thought process behind ordering from her was I'm helping a friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I was, you know, the money went to her and it was amazing. I was happy to do that for her. But I took the product, but not like I should. And I kept pushing that sub out, sub out. Oh, like yeah. Going. And one, <laughs> one night, it was January of 2019, I forgot to push the sub out. And I had an accidental shipment come. And it set in my closet forever. But I had to look at it every day. Like, literally, I had to go in the pantry every day, and it was just sitting there. Mm. So, April, I had been to the doctor in March because I had a horrible flare-up in February, and I didn't go to the bathroom all month long. And so, I was dying in March. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was like, please help me go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I'm going to the doctor. Nothing is working. And in April of 2019, the whole world shut down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what I'm what I'm going to do. And, you know, I had become really good friends with the lady. And so I called her and I was like, you know, I've got this box in here of triplex. <laughs> can, can you just tell me how I'm supposed to take it? Because what if it works? Like, what am I, what am I out? Doc? Right. So I was out doctor bills and prescriptions you know, money for prescriptions. So if, if it worked, then maybe I wouldn't have to go to the doctor. So then the doctor was shut down. So I really didn't have a choice. I couldn't go to the doctor. Right. Well, lo and behold, I started taking products every single day. And in May, I started in April and in May, I really noticed that I was going to the bathroom every day. <laughs> and I had never done that. Never. I had never done that in my whole life. And I started to feel really good. I didn't need a nap every day. My energy level was up. And I was just like, is this for real? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't like, okay, maybe. So then June rolls around and I'm still not convinced. But all of a sudden I was sitting there one morning and I was like, you know, I feel like running today. And so I get up and I ran to the end of the driveway. Literally, it's not even a half a mile. And I was like, okay, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) I did some movement today. Yeah, like I, but then I was like, the next day I started running and I got down along, like I got a half a mile away. And then the next day I was able to go that full mile. And I called my friend up and I was like, um, 
So I'm going to go live about running. It has nothing to do with Texas, but I'm going to go live about running. Come on and watch. So I get on there, and I was like, you know, I'm such an amateur. I've never really been live before. And um, I was just like, you know, in running, God gave me some stuff, you know. Um, and literally, it was like I put them earbuds in and put my worship music on to run to, and it was mm-hmm. like God would just, I mean, he would just speak to my heart on these runs. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, started to tell the world about it. And I would get on there and I would make sure that they understood I was taking these products, but I was not a rep. So don't ask me. I can send it. Well, my mom came for a visit and she was like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> I, I want to know what you're doing because you look amazing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So I told my friend, I was like, hey, my mom wants to know. And, you know, and she was like, well, she literally just said, Amber, I will be happy to take the money and sign your mom up. But you're literally giving away money. Mm-hmm. That's what she said to me. You're literally giving away money. I can sign your mom up under me. That's fine. But you're giving away a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, all right. Well, well, okay. Well, just sign my mom up under me. Just sign my mom up under me. That's fine. And then I had people on my Facebook like, girl, you look amazing. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And this is in June of twenty of 2020. And I said, you know, I'm just telling a little bit about what products have done for me. I've done a couple of lives about it. And I started sharing that. And all of a sudden, I was finding myself growing a team Mm -hmm. of people. Mm -hmm. And in March of 2021, I ranked to Ruby. Mm. And if you, many of you don't know what that is, um, it's just a hot, pretty much halfway mark to the top of the company mm-hmm. and I won an award called silver star. Oh, and this fun. is for the most, yeah, I, this was for the most silver stars earned silver stars means it's, you have the most silver ranks under you mm-hmm. in the company for that month. And in the month of March, I had nine silvers. Mm. And so, um, you know, in April, you know, I continued to go, continued on my path of growing and I grew a little bit further above Groovy, but, um, you know, I just maintained and just kept adding people and I did a few events and just did some things. But then the next March I ranked to senior Ruby and I just continue to grow. I usually smash the contest wide open because I love contests mm-hmm. and I'm very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with my large team. I we are we do trackers every week, and I'm I'm usually one of the top ones to win the tracker. I'm very competitive, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I love to win. And honestly, I had no plans of selling Plexa. Right. I went to a convention, a online convention, because in 2020 right, everything we couldn't was go. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to this uh, event that Plexus holds every year and those stories on that stage that year really touched my heart. Mm -hmm. And then I told my Godly testimony at the event that this young lady had and um, two people ended up accepting Jesus Mm. as their savior that day in the front yard. 
Awesome. And I was just like, you know what, God, I hear you. Mm-hmm. If this is the platform you want me to use to further your kingdom, then I'm all in. Mm-hmm. I'm all in. Mm-hmm. And I said to Aaron that that day, I said, look, the next time convention rolls around, I want to walk on that stage. Mm-hmm. Well, the next time convention rolled around, it was online again, but I did walk the stage as a new Ruby and a Silver Star winner. Mm. And I was just like, God, you know, this is just, this is just proof that mm-hmm. I'm right where I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right on time. And let me just tell you, this community of people, um, last year, yeah, last year or a year before, I'm a caregiver by heart. I take care of um, a lady on my street and uh, people tend to, to call me to caregive a lot. And so it came down to my own family being a caregiver. And my husband's grandmother was very sick and Mm -hmm. needed a caregiver. So Mm -hmm. I was taking care of her and um, she passed six months later, his grandfather, same thing. And he passed. Mm. And during this time, I mean, I grew my team. My team was still growing pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm just telling you, if it wasn't for my sisters in Plexus, I don't know mentally how I could have made it. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day, the text messages and the wonderful comments and the beautiful pictures and mm-hmm. verses and, and all the things that they did, sending flowers. Up. and mm-hmm. Yes, it was just it was just so encouraging. And even to this day, I can call any of them up. And we ain't even on the same team. Sometimes I call Lynn Scarborough. Sometimes I call, um, you know, people that mm-hmm. aren't even on my team. Yeah, They're my yeah. sideline sisters or, or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. We're one plus Oh, yeah. We're one team here. Yeah. And I can call um, Latoy Lackey. I can call um, Angela Belair. I can call any of these mm-hmm. women any time of the day. And they will stop what they're doing to pray for me or mm-hmm. pray with me mm-hmm. or pray over me or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case. And I just thought, this is so unique. And so when I attended late, I attended leaders retreat this past year. And there was one common thing that every one of the speakers mentioned, and that's God. Mm. Every one of them mentioned God. Mm-hmm. When I went to convention for the first time this year in live, in person, one common thing, mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And what stands out to me the most about this company, for one, they even let us mention the word God yes. is a miracle. Yes. Because if you're anywhere near any of these large corporations, you don't do that. They won't, mm-hmm. you know, you're not allowed. Mm-hmm. And you know, the stories behind these women, I mean, some of these women were on food stamps. I know. They, they, their cars look like they could get out at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Some of these women, I mean, just single moms and and had no idea how they're going to make it. And mm-hmm. especially during the COVID thing, I yes. think a lot of people, a lot of people lost people their jobs. Yeah. And they didn't know what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And Plexus was there. Yeah. They were there and thriving. I mean, we grew as a company so large oh, during big time. COVID. Big time. Oh, it was amazing Mm -hmm. to see the growth. Mm -hmm. And I am so proud to be partnered up with them Mm -hmm. today, still, Mm -hmm. 
and it's been three years and I just can't wait to see what the next Where three it's gonna years go. holds. To be I know, honest. I know. Yeah. It's amazing. I, that's the thing I love about it too is what drew me in because we travel all the time. So I'm not able to connect with people, you know, one on one as much as I'd like to here in my community. And so this has given me that community. And you, like you said, you get messages all the time lifting you up and sending you this little quote and at the perfect time too, you know, it's right when you needed it. So, Amber. Yeah. You have blessed me today in so many ways, um, hearing your story and your path that God took you down, but brought you out of, and it's just, oh, what a blessing. And I thank you for your time today, for sharing, and um, I look forward to others hearing. Just thank you, girl. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Many blessings to you, and yes, I can't wait for others to hear it either. This is exciting. Thank you for joining my podcast today. We all have a story to share. Each story has purpose and makes an impact to you, the listener, creating a journey with passion and purpose. The journey we're taking is the journey within you. Please share with others and subscribe below.